When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Daniil Hunter on the trade block. Teams have been calling him for a long time, and we know that. But why did Ian Rappaport come out and say it today on NFL Network? There's a reason for it. We're going to talk all about it and the potential of him being traded and every angle surrounding it. Welcome to The Real Forno Show. Welcome to The Real Forno Show. Managing editor of the USA Today's Vikings Wire. Betting and college football analysis for the Fantasy Points website. Publisher of Substack Run and Shooter. Host of The Good, The Bad, and The Hungry on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. As well as a founding member of Vikings First and Skull. Ladies and gentlemen, you are looking live at Vikings First and Skull and The Real Forno Show. I am your host, Tyler Fornis. With me, as always, in the bottom left corner, you can't see Odie. No squeaker toy. We got that taken care of. And top right corner, producer Dave. Dave, my man, how are you? It's been a fun day. Ever since uh, Rappaport came out with that uh, nice little report of his. Let's talk about it. Um, there's really not a whole lot to talk about with the Vikings since uh, since we last spoke on Monday. There were some interesting nuggets from OTAs. We'll cover that after the new being a hunter stuff before we go. But we got to talk about this, and it's fascinating to me, Dave, that this came out when it did. Obviously, the Vikings want to get something done, but one nugget, and the reason why I think this report actually got put out, Ian Rappaport said that they tried to do a, quote, band-aid contract, unquote. And what does that mean? 
it means they tried to just give him more money for now and not really give him that long-term deal that he is supposedly wanting. And one of the difficult parts about these discussions is, and uh, Luke Brown of Lockdown Vikings referenced it on his Twitter feed. Um, no, he didn't. I, that was that was somebody else. Um, the camp of Daniel Hunter doesn't really talk. So you can you can deduct that this came from the Vikings. And why would they want this out there, Dave? Well, the let's listen why, to it. Yeah, go ahead. This is from Ian Rappaport. Yeah, someone, yeah, someone murky future for Daniil Hunter in Minnesota. Here's my understanding of where it stands. Sources say that teams have been calling the Minnesota Vikings Regarding Daniil Hunter, he has, in fact, generated some trade interest. Now, this is something we've heard rumors about really for the last, I would say, several months, Tom, and you try to figure out why. There are a couple reasons. First of all, he is very, very good. Teams usually like really, really good players at premium positions like pass rushers. He's also due to make just $5.5 million this year because he moved money from this year up a couple years back to better properly compensate him and The Vikings and Hunter have not yet been able to strike a long-term deal to compensate him at a level he wants. When there are rumors about a player not getting the contract he wants, usually there are teams that call. My understanding is the interest is is pretty serious. Now, the Vikings have tried to make this work. They have tried to do kind of a Band-Aid type deal to compensate him for 2023. And then we'll see after this. Trade probably would have been a lot easier before the draft because then the Vikings would be able to replace him. Much more difficult now. But at least, Tom, these conversations are happening, and we will see where they end up. I do hope we don't get a copyright strike for that. Well, considering that was like, I, I, I really don't think we will. I don't. Um, for the music, I, not for Ian Rappaport. We're, we're free to publish that. It's the music in the background. But we'll find out. Well, uh, hey, if if you want to help us start monetizing this channel, please hit that subscribe button. So then we can actually worry about copyright strikes affecting our <laughs> income. But we're not making money here yet, and we would appreciate it if you help us get there. Yeah, uh, but need let's, to get three hundred and fifty more people to subscribe, and we'll achieve that first level. Listen, if we get a thousand people to subscribe, there will be a lot more Odie content on this channel. So you know what to do. Spread the word to your friends. If you want more Odie content, that's how we're going to get it. But let, let's let's break this down, okay? The Vikings, in my opinion, put this out there, and I think it's pretty obvious. The reason the Vikings put this out there is because things are not going well with this contract. Now, the first contract he signed, five years, $72 million. Not a great contract for Daniil, Dave. Uh, he signed that too early and for too little of money. Less than three months later, I actually think it was like a month and a half, the Bears traded for and signed Khalil Mack to a record $23.5 million excuse me, contract. That's a significant difference in uh, financial earnings. Mm-hmm. So because of that, like, I can, I've sensed animosity about that deal, and you're not going to make that money up. You essentially lost that money, that earning potential. It just kind of is what it is. And 
you're not going to be able to get it in this next contract. They're not going to say, oh, we'll give you an extra $3 million because the previous regime like got you to sign a bad contract. That's not how this works. They're going to sign him to what they believe is a fair market value. And if Daniil doesn't like it, well, then that's when these situations arise. And it's unfortunate for him because as somebody in the industry, I want the Vikings to sign everybody to team-friendly deals. But I'll also say this. I will never, ever disparage a player for not like maximizing their value. They should. They play a violent sport that can impact their lives. CTE joint and issues like these some of these guys can barely do anything after the age of 50 like it's just a part of playing in the nfl they understand that risk when they start playing but they should still be able to maximize every dollar of earning potential they have and that's something i will always always celebrate but when it comes to just strictly business you can't always do that with everybody, and you have to try to get them to agree to something that is team-friendly. And that's what the Vikings are tr- obviously trying to do. Brzezinski is a stifler when it comes to negotiations. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to maneuver money. He knows what they can and cannot do financially. He's ready to rock and roll. Daniil, if you read my piece from this past weekend, I broke down the potential of contract extension, what that might look like. And I believe we mentioned it on the previous show. Three years, $57 million, 19 average annual value, with two void years on top of that. Now, is that too much? I don't think it's too much. I actually think it's the right amount, considering all the factors that you're looking at. You're looking at his age. He turns 29 and the end of October. And you're looking at he's on his third contract. He has a little bit of an injury history. When you pair all that together and look at the other recent third contracts in the league, which is... Chandler Jones, three years, 51. Von Miller, 6-120, which is more of a three-for-60 kind of t- contract, the way they have that structured. And Zadarius Smith, three-for-42. I think you get him in just under Von Miller, who has a similar injury history, a little bit more extensive, but he's had a couple seasons ended with knee injuries. You can kind of parse that out and be like, okay, we're going to have Daniel Hunter get a contract slightly less valuable than what Von Miller did. And I think that's completely within the means of what he should be fairly offered and what he should accept. So that's kind of where you're looking at from an extension. And when a team trades for him, they're going to have to do that right away. So those conversations, like let's say that this process is a little farther along than we want. And this part's a hypothetical. So, If you're having conversations, serious ones, with a team, guess what you're letting them do? You're letting them talk to Daniil's agent about a contract because they're going to want to sign him to an extension almost immediately after they make that trade. Because if you're giving up significant capital to acquire a really talented player in the last year of their deal, you want a certainty that they're going to be coming in and playing for you long-term. So that those conversations, if this process is far enough along, are already happening with his agent. So he's going to get that deal from the new team. Now, will he get it from the Vikings? Vikings I'm curious. Sorry, I had to take a sip of chocolate milk because I am an adult. Um, What would the – and I'm drinking whiskey. You can tell which ones. (laughs) Anyways, what would the Vikings get? Dave, I don't know. And 
when you talk about market value for a player, there's what a player should be worth and what a player is actually worth on the open market. Because a player's own, or an at, let's call it an asset, because I think this holds true for a lot of things, especially when you go to auctions um, and memorabilia. And the same is true for players on the trade market. An asset is only worth as much as somebody is willing to pay for it. You can put a dollar amount or a draft pick compensation amount on a player. But just because he's worth, like Patrick Mahomes, let's say he's worth 10 first-round draft picks. Does that mean a team's going to give up 10 first-round draft picks for Patrick Mahomes? That it's A player's only worth as much as somebody's willing to give for him. So what is Daniel worth? I'd say a first-round pick plus. I'd think a first-round pick and probably a third. I think that's fair compensation considering his skill, his age, and his contract for the new team is very workable this year as you sign him to an extension. What is he going to get in a trade? That's a lot more murky, and I think they would have been able to get more for him early on, but you also can't always predict contract negotiations stalling out to a point where you could be seriously considering trading him. So I would say... A team could come in and... I'm not saying they're going to give, you know, a Khalil Mack type haul. But if they desire him enough, they're willing to pay for it. And there's a point where the Vikings go, well, okay. You know, the one of the Saudi princes just bought a Picasso and paid $50 million for it. And he hung it in his yacht. Right? So if you have the means and you want something badly enough, you can mm-hmm. go get it. And it's and if they do trade Hunter, I hope whatever team that is that wants him so badly overpays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would project that he either won it's it's a conditional or a second plus. I think the offer that you're looking at is what Khalil Mack fetched from the Los Angeles Chargers before last season. A second and a sixth. I think that's kind of the baseline, like the starting point. They're similar in age. Um, Khalil Mack, I think, might be one or two years older. Similar in skill set. The difference between Mack and Hunter is Hunter has a much more malleable contract than Khalil did. And kind of taking a look at, at those two I kind of think that's the starting point. Is that enough? Man, I really don't think so. I think it's a first plus if somebody wants No, no, no. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. I'm not saying what he's worth. I already already went over what he's worth. I'm saying what he'll fetch. I think it's a a second and a day three pick. That's what I think he'll end up fetching. And when we talked about this back in, I believe, February. Well, that may be if the Vikings are the sellers. This may be a buyer's market, not a seller's market, that's driving this. Yes, the Vikings may be putting it out there, you know, through Rappaport to say, hey, we've received lots of phone calls. But they may be trying to generate this into a seller or to a buyer's market to where the buyers are driving the price. Just like the housing market. Right, that house that used to be two hundred fifty thousand dollars two years ago is now selling for three hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. Right, mm-hmm. they may house didn't change, right? But the market did, and I think they're trying to drive up the market with this 
tactical release of information if it indeed did come from the Vikings. Yeah. When you when I'm when I'm thinking about this, Dave. Uh, let's let's transition here. I wrote a piece for Vikings Wire where I identified six trade partners mm-hmm. that I think make the most sense for the Minnesota Vikings. And and as far as Daniil Hunter is concerned. And I think that's a that's that's a good starting point. And what I found funny is literally Arif Hassan of Pro Football Network and I released ours at like the exact same time. We talked about, hey, he did three teams. I did six. There were nine different teams in those two articles. <laughs> I No crossover. And I, I thought that was fascinating because he covers the league now from a national perspective. But he was a Vikings beat writer, and he still covers the team with the Norse Code podcast, which I recommend when you're done listening to us, go listen to them. But he also covers it from a national perspective. And the fact that we differed on all of our teams I thought was fascinating in in practice so let's kind of go over he did the panthers jaguars and ravens and i thought it'd be funny and he's he did too if they trade him to the ravens mm-hmm. and they traded their leading pass rusher from 2020 and 2022 to the ravens that's that's kind of got an irony to it but let's take a look so and i don't necessarily know how plausible these are these are teams who i think should make those phone calls first one's the chicago bears and Dave, the Bears are a division rival. But at the end of the day, they spent three of their first four picks in the NFL draft in the trenches. They got an offensive tackle in Darnell Wright, and they got two defensive tackles. But their edge position is weak, weak, weak. If you want to continue to transform that team, you keep building in the trenches. It's what Brad Childers did when he took over here. Built in the trenches, built in the trenches, built in the trenches. And guess what? He almost got a Super Bowl out of it. It weren't for his and Brett Favre's idiocy at the end of that game against New Orleans. Getting Hunter in there could be a game changer. You have some defensive tackles. Now you have a dominant edge player. You have developing corners. You have good linebackers. Now all of a sudden you have a decent defense. And if Justin Fields takes a leap, maybe the Bears can be a playoff team this year as you continue to grow. Is that a lot to ask? Yeah. Is it also plausible? Absolutely. So when you look at those things, it makes a lot of sense. Now it's also a division rival. Kwesi will trade with division rivals. He's already shown that. Would he send a player away to a division rival? Uh, We've only seen draft picks go to a division rival. It's got to be a buyer's market. If they want him that badly, there's got to be a premium. Mm -hmm. They've got to overpay. And you're getting him at, and whoever the team is that wants to trade with the Vikings for him has to realize he's you know only getting paid five point five million dollars. That's the only thing he's on hook for. So they are going to have to make up that salary, and for them it may be a bargain because they may, yeah, I don't know. It's it's cheaper. Because he's not owed that much money and he doesn't have dead cap mm-hmm. or any of that stuff to go along with it, any of the baggage, he's cheap, relatively speaking. Yes, they'll have to do an extension on him and then lock mm-hmm. him up, but they can keep that first-year money low for the books, for the cap space, still give him a you know, huge bonus or whatever he wants. But they could do that for the right to do that. They're going to have to pay a premium. 
right? It, he isn't, Daniel Hunter isn't Dalvin Cook. We're not dealing with the same situation. Dalvin Cook comes with that huge salary on the books if they wanted to trade for him. So just to take in that money, they're not going to give as much, right? That difference in pay between the two is quite significant and should raise the pick value if we're exchanging picks for Hunter. Yeah. I'm fascinated to see what this ends up being. And the Vikings could strike a deal with him tomorrow. And of course, if it's in the division, there should be another premium on top of that, another tax, because it is within the division. Should be. Quasi hasn't done that. I know historically. But it's but it's wrong. Quasi's wrong on that. He should do that. Especially with an upcoming team, if you picture Chicago as improving. Let's go to team number two, Los Angeles Rams. On their roster right now, if you take out Aaron Donald, they have 11 career sacks on that defense. 11. I believe four of them are from cornerbacks. So seven sacks from your defensive linemen and your pass rushers outside of corner. That's pretty brutal. And obviously Aaron Donald's all world. He basically counts as two players on the field. But get I could see them wanting to get him some help. They finally have a first-round pick in 2024. They can use that to go and get Hunter and put him on that defensive line and make a real impact right away. Will they do it? I don't think so. But they have a history of trading for big-time vet players. And this this could be a, hey, I know it's kind of a rebuild, but if we get one really dominant player to pair with Aaron Donald and we get those big-time guys to stay healthy, maybe we can make a run. I can see them talking themselves into it. I think this is the least likely of our scenarios outside of Chicago. But I also find it fascinating because there's a track record of Les Snead and Sean McVay doing just this. Now, if they do start off bad, yes, that would be a a good way to look towards next year. Don't bank on them starting bad, even though it's a tough schedule. Mm -hmm. Next up, San Francisco 49ers. And I found this one really interesting. They tried to get D Ford. That didn't work. They brought in other pass rushers to go opposite Nick Bosa. But they they don't have anybody that's a steady hand opposite Bosa. It's a bunch of like rotational level guys. They're probably not going to keep Eric Armstead long term. So why not bring in another dominant edge rusher and get Daniel Hunter in there? Nick Bosa, Daniel Hunter, Javon Hargrave, and Eric Armstead. That's a fearsome defensive line. And the fascinating part about the 49ers, they almost made the Super Bowl with a third-string quarterback at the helm in Brock Purdy. Like, they have the roster, and they've done so by building on the defensive line and elite skill players, and Kyle Shanahan puts them in positions to succeed. This would be the same thing. And I, I find that idea very intriguing. I don't know how how the 49ers would feel about it. But this could also be a way if the Vikings really wanted him, which at this point I, I don't know if they do. I would lean towards no. This could be a way to get Trey Lance in the fold because he could come back in that package. So it's at least something to be mindful of if these, these two teams ever have conversations about Hunter. Lance could come back. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Let's go to the fourth team, Kansas City Chiefs. They obviously won a Super Bowl last year. And this defense is prime for a guy like Connor. Steve Spagnuolo likes bigger, physical, 4-3 pass rushers. That's Daniel Hunter. He's 6'4 and a half, 265, built like a fire truck. That's exactly the model that Steve Spagnuolo likes because they, he needs them to set the edge. He needs them to be able to hold tackles and bully them. Hunter can do all of that and more. Now, they, they did spend two first-round picks over the last two years on edge rushers, George Karloftis, Felix Anadike Uzama. But you get Karloftis on the other side, and Anadike Uzama is a rotational guy in year one. Hunter can make a really big impact early and often for this team. And with the future of Chris Jones up in the air, maybe they choose to keep Hunter over Jones long term. And I think the this idea is a very intriguing one because of that element of what defense they run. And how Hunter would be used. He would go back to playing a very similar style to what Mike Zimmer had him doing when he became one of the best pass rushers in the National Football League. And they've shown a willingness to make big deals. Would they make it here? I don't know. But I I find the fit very, very fascinating. Sort of a reverse Jared Allen karma type deal. Yeah, give us a first and two thirds. I'm all in. (laughs) Next one. This one's going to be really tricky because of the draft capital compensation. I'll explain that at the end. New York Jets. They, they went all in. They got Aaron Rodgers. They have built this team. And the one thing they really haven't had in decades since John Abraham. John Abraham was drafted in 2000. Like, that's a long time ago. And Abraham's a very talented pass rusher, but he's really been the only successful edge rusher that the Jets have had. In the last 20 years. Getting a really talented edge rusher to pair with Quinton Williams. You have Carl Lawson. You have Bryce Huff. You have some talent. And you have Will McDonald who just drafted at 15th overall. You get a stalwart in there to be consistent. Set the edge. He can play a wide 9 and a 4-3. He can also play a 5 technique in a 4-3. And do all those things. You have a match made in heaven. And that can help a really, really good defense take a next step and be great. With Aaron Rodgers on the other side, if he plays anywhere near capable to what he's able to do, it's going to be a Super Bowl team. And it still could even without Daniel Hunter. And that's why I really, really like the idea. But this is where it gets tricky, Dave. The Aaron Rodgers trade makes it difficult for the Vikings to get a deal for 2024. 
Why? Both the first round and second round picks are not tradable until the conditions are fully met for that conditional second round pick that they're sending back to Green Bay for Aaron Rodgers. So you can't physically make a trade for either of those picks. I don't know if the Vikings would be willing to take 2025 because if the next two years goes bad, these two might not be in their jobs in 2025 making those picks. So it's something they have to consider. It's something they're always considering when they're making capital or gaining capital because you want to be able to use it if you bring it in. And that's something to, to be mindful of here. Last team, this is a real wild card, but I like the fit. The Houston Texans. And you'll notice a theme. Three defensive-minded coaches that all play the same defense. That 4-3, wide nine, you have Robert Sala, now Steve Wilkes, D'Amico Ryans, stud pass rushers, build in the trenches. They trade up to get Willie Anderson. He's going to be their number one. But you don't want him to be your number one right away. You want to give him help. You want to take that pressure off because he's already got enough pressure being the third overall pick. And they traded a mountain of assets for him. Daniel Hunter can come in and be that guy. He can be that player for you. And I, I think that would be a really, really good option for the Texans. And it gives you two pass rushes that you can build around. Now all of a sudden you feel a lot more comfortable about where your defense was at. And you can do a lot of fun things with two really, really good pass rushers. Now, do they want to give up capital considering they already gave up a first and a third round pick in 2024? I don't know. But you, can, I can easily see an argument where they should do it. And I just laid it out. Like, that that's a defense maker and gives D'Amico Ryans a lot of talent to play with. And those are the teams I think should make the call. Aaron, we better get a buttload. I agree, Aaron. No matter what it is, it should be a premium buyer's market. Um, or seller's market, I should say. Get the premium. If or he goes Odie, at all. Yeah. Odie and, is uh, trapped in my office today, Dave. And he's just sitting at the door looking at me with a pouty face like, why can't I go out? <laughs> well, buddy, there was the incident of the squeaker toy on Monday. That made it impossible to send out the podcast because it was unlistenable. The squeaks yes. came through loud and clear, and we apologize for that. But live and learn. Mary, we probably would regret letting Hunter go. And whether you look at this as the Vikings trying to, if they leaked it to Rappaport to try to motivate the Hunter camp into doing something, I don't know. But everybody has a price. And if some team's willing to pay it, I'm willing to entertain it. You know, when Khalil Mack got traded, that was a humongous trade. Mm-hmm. And it helped. So I'm not saying Daniel Hunter's getting Camille, Khalil Mack type of trade. It'd be nice, but. Mm-mm. But. As far as Mary Hood step in, Wanham's your next in line. Gross. (laughs) 
No, I don't think he doesn't think good. so, but I, it's it's it is what it is. Mm-hmm. The, the teams quasi he half of you know one foot's in the rebuild mode, rebuilding the defense, and the other's in the compete now mode. And just about anybody that would trade for Hunter, especially if it was the Jets, they'd be in all in mode. But like Tyler said about the Jets, they don't have the capital to trade with. I'd take all of yeah. their draft, first round, second rounders, you know, throwing Cook in the bargain too. But mm-hmm. okay, so let's get to the last angle of this, and that is the salary cap angle. We're living in a post June first world right now. Okay, the fact is the Vikings have eighteen million dollars that they have to uh, fork up in salary cap space because of what they've already paid him. This year, Dave, with a trade, they would save $7.62 million. If only five and a half would be dead. Next year, 11.62 would be dead in, uh, sorry, yeah, 7.62 dead this year, 5.5 in savings. I have those numbers mixed up. $11.2 million is dead next year. So, buddy, $18.8 million, that's a lot of money to, to pay a guy to not be here. But it's not unprecedented. Teams are doing it all across the board. And if you get enough of a haul, it's a lot more palatable. And especially it's more palatable because it's spread out over two years. Next year, here's the fascinating part, Dave. Next year, Hunter is already accounting for that $11.2 million when you look at overthecap.com. So the Vikings technically don't lose any cap space next year if they end up making a trade. And that could be what helps the Vikings justify the move. And I find that to be a very unique piece to the puzzle. The Vikings cap situation really doesn't change except $5.5 million stays this year. And that could be used for a lot of different things. That would cover the draft class, the extra two players added on after the top 51, and the practice squad. Like, that's a significant amount of money. So it'll be interesting to see how things play out. But that's all we know so far about the Daniel Hunter stuff. Hopefully we get more coming. But I'll say this. um, The Daniel Hunter stuff came out. I didn't see one beat writer talk about it. Um, I, in fact, I saw one end up posting about the preseason schedule. Everybody already knew the preseason schedule. The preseason schedule had already been announced. Why are we announcing it again? There's more pertinent news to talk about. The, it's Did we have the story. times, though? Yes. We had the dates. Did we have the times? That yes. was the only difference I saw. But the, no, the I don't times remember. Now. But, okay. So, and to me, it's like, look, I get it. Teams have been calling about Daniel Hunter for weeks and weeks and weeks. It's a story when a national person comes out and says it because there's a reason why somebody's coming out and saying it. They're not saying it because it's they want to. They're saying it because they're getting fed information from one side. This side happens to be the Minnesota Vikings. That That's a story. The why. The why is the story, not the calls, because we already knew the calls. And that's why you come to the show. Because we bring it all to you. We talk about all this stuff. And before we end up wrapping up, let's hit a couple of OTA um, nuggets here, Dave. Mm-hmm. 
One being Makai Blackman. He's getting first-team work within the slot. Right. And that's interesting. Last year, he played three snaps in the slot. Over his five-year Division I career, Blackman has only played 261 snaps in the slot. Now he has the frame for it. He has the ability to move fluidly to be able to play in the slot. But I find it interesting that a player who has really never played in the slot long-term is being looked at as a first-team slot defender. So that's something you really didn't listen to the daily opener today. I talked about that. Vikings daily opener for all that are watching goes out on our podcast feed five days a week. And I discussed Mm -hmm. the news of the last 24 hours. I brought up Tyler's article. I brought up Alec Lewis's of the athletics original article And Tyler added a bunch of additional stuff about his athleticism and the things he can do as a player. And I said, the one thing I said was that Zimmer liked to stick all new corners at the slot to help them learn the defense better. And I was wondering if Brian Flores is doing the same sort of thing to help him learn the defensive responsibilities and if it works out that they can play the slot, it gives him that multiple designation that he's not just restricted to the outside. Tyler, I thought, wrote a good bit about it, and Tyler didn't realize that I talked about it today. Well, this isn't the daily opener, Dave. This no. is the real this porno is your show. show. Um, and I, I don't think that's the case because this entire defense, other than Joan Williams, is learning what this defensive scheme is. So I don't think sticking him in there is a case of that. I think this is a case of they think he could play in the slot. Uh-huh. Are they right? I don't know. Um, I think there's an argument that he could, but we haven't seen it in college at a high enough level to be thinking, okay, this guy is a slot corner. So yeah, I think that makes this. Look who they're putting in the slot so far. They put him. They put Bynum. They've put Metellus. And Murphy? Byron Murphy Jr. He, they've said he's going to be their slot guy. When there's slot guy. When yeah. it's nickel, he's going to slide inside. But if you have a guy Blackman, maybe you keep him on the outside. Which I think would be better because his outside grades were better than his slot grades. Yeah. Um, I'm intrigued to see how it works. Me Last too. little bit of information that we're going to talk about here is the three-safety package. And they're using Metellus everywhere, as Odie apparently found a hidden plastic bottle in my shorts. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally not kidding. It's in a pair of shorts on the floor. Why um, would you? So, Never mind. Um, well, it, it probably just got buried um, because he we give him, like, pop bottles all the time. It's like a chew toy. So I find this really interesting because the Vikings linebacker room isn't very good. And they have a they have a plethora of depth at safety, and keeping five is not off the table. But it's interesting that Metellus is getting all those reps right now, and Lewisine is not. Lewisine, from my knowledge, is fully cleared. He is doing everything in practice. How much are they keeping things safe for him? And versus how much is he being held back because he's just not good enough right now? I think that's that's a storyline you're going to want to follow throughout the next couple of months. How good actually is Lewis seen 
And how much are the Vikings holding him back just to make sure he maintains that health? We know he has the physical attributes to play the, the spot. He did it, Georgia. He he rocked it. The question is, is there is he slow on the uptick to learn? Because obviously Metellus and Bynum have beaten him out so far. So he's got to play catch up. Does he have the ability to play catch up? Maybe he's just a slow learner. You don't want that, especially with a first-round draft pick. But we'll see. Right now, everybody is in shorts. Until we get into day three or four, whatever it is, of training camp, and they actually get to put on pads, there's nothing in stone. They're just running around the field. Organized, but running around the field. Yeah. But it's also not nothing that Metellus is being asked to do all these different roles, and Scene was not. So I want to keep seeing where this goes because it's going to be something to to look at because they traded down 20 spots to get Lewis Scene, and they passed on Kyle Hamilton, among others. I'm not going to hold it over their heads that they passed on guys, but the guy they identified after they made the, the pointed trade to move down, if he's not good... That's a problem, and that's something that we're going to keep our eyes on. And oh, as well we should. That's our show. Hey, I want to thank everybody that joined us today: Aaron, Mary, my worthless opinion, Bob, the Swede, Doctor Proto. Uh, who else joined us? Dave L. Another great name there, Dave. Raymond, of course, Jeremy Shack, Sarah, absolutely wonderful. Mateo, good to see you all once again. Nano, Justin was here, and I suggest after this, everybody head over to Justin's page on Purple and Gold for days. He is going live with Yogi. Yogi popped in even briefly. Welcome all. We appreciate you here every time you show up. And I know mm-hmm. Tyler does. I do. I love it. Yes. Like you wouldn't believe. You can hear Odie's appreciation right now as he's chewing his bottle. Which comment there, Dotson? I don't know if I saw one from uh, Dylan up on, uh, at least as far as what I see on my feed, so maybe it's on yours. Um, uh, I'm not. S- oh, can we get one show where Tyler wears his hat forward and Dave wears his hat backwards? You got a flat bill. Mm-hmm. Um, I I like so I don't like wearing hats forward because I think I don't look very good when I wear them, and but I like the flat brim when mm-hmm. I wear them backwards because I ju- it just feels better on my head, and quite frankly, I, I just don't like the feel of the uh, like the curved brim. I used to when I was a kid. Now I just I like the flat ones better. Um, but, yeah, um, we may have to do this kind of reverse psychology here later on. But I'll say this much. Thank you very much for listening. Next Monday and Wednesday, it's going to be minicamp. We're going to be doing a, a little preview of minicamp. Then we're going to be doing a review of minicamp on Wednesday night because Wednesday's the last day. And then we're going to have six weeks of nothing before it's training the Minnesota camp Vikings, it's never dull. Yeah, they'll – you're right. They will find a way to keep us entertained, hopefully, because I need things to write about. Um, so 
Um, yeah, we'll get into Mount Rushmore season, and I can't stand Mount Rushmore season. If you don't know, I am the managing editor of USA Today's Vikings Wire, so go to vikingswire.usadaday.com for all my written work. Uh, a lot of the stuff we talked about, I wrote about today, so you can read it in written form to get a, li- um, a little bit more, um, I'm not going to say nuance, but just to see see the thoughts on paper, because sometimes things get lost in translation in my head, and I don't say everything I wrote down. So I recommend you go check those out. We're going to have a lot of unique and fun content. Um, we're going through a series right now where we're talking about Every player who's worn a certain number that many, and it's that many days before the season. Today was 95. Every player in Minnesota Vikings history that wore the number 95. I mean, it's just, it's quick. It's not super hardcore, but it's, it's interesting to go back and look who's all worn certain numbers. Mm-hmm. So, and Udeze, that among others, um, was probably the best out of that group. But hopefully, Kairos Tonga will be ending up. The best 95 wear. And as most of you know, when I do Vikings Daily Opener, I get most of my information from Vikings Wire and Tyler Fornes. It's a symbiotic relationship. Mm -hmm. That it is. That it is. And that is our show. Thank you very much, everybody, for joining. We will see you next Monday here on The Real Forno Show. And as always, Skull Vikings. But before that, on podcast, yeah, the Vikings Daily Opener will begin Thursday and Friday. And this weekend, either Saturday or Sunday, hopefully Sunday, you got two old bloggers with Darren and myself. As we'll discuss Mm -hmm. whatever's happening in Vikings land from our, you know, aged wisdom point of view. But until then... Skull Vikings. Go Gators. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell to get notifications. It helps us grow this community that we all love our Minnesota Vikings. And on behalf of Tyler Fornis and myself, Dave Stefano, thank you so dearly for watching the real forno show skull everyone step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This has been a Vikings First and Skull production. Thanks for listening.